Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Good morning. Breaking overnight, not afraid. Ukraine's President Zelensky sending a defiant message to Vladimir Putin from his own office in Kyiv, doubling down on his pledge to lead his nation's resistance against the Russian invasion. But this morning, the humanitarian crisis worsening with the number of refugees now set to reach 2 million and new desperation setting in for those struggling to get out. We'll have complete coverage from the front lines. Shocking surge, gas prices now the most expensive in U.S. history, soaring to an average of $4.17 a gallon overnight. Tens of millions of drivers being forced to rethink their daily routines. This morning, the race for a solution, the ripple effect being felt on Wall Street, and the fears the entire U.S. economy is now facing an increased risk of recession. In the dark, overnight strong storms and high winds knocking out power to hundreds of thousands of customers across the Northeast. And Al's already tracking the next round of heavy rain. His full forecast straight ahead. School showdown, the intense debate and protests surrounding that controversial don't say gay bill in Florida to restrict what young children are taught in the classroom. Just ahead, the key vote set for today and the other states now considering similar laws. Those stories plus new twist. Sherry Papini, the California woman accused of faking her own kidnapping, then profiting from it, set to face a judge today. What police are now saying about her mysterious disappearance nearly six years ago and the clues that led to her arrest. Today, Tuesday, March 8th, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Oda Cutby, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to today on a Tuesday morning. We're glad you're with us. And that's where we start, unfortunately, the crisis in Ukraine. Lots to get to, including that powerful message from Ukraine's President Zelensky, speaking from his office in Kiev for the first time since Russia began its invasion. He stressed he is not in hiding, and he looked to galvanize his nation. Yeah, this comes as the humanitarian crisis deepens. Tens of thousands without food, without water, power, or heat. The mayor of Lviv, where so many have fled to, trying to escape from other badly region saying more than 200,000 refugees are now living in that city. In the meantime, here in the U.S., a new record high for gas prices. This morning's national average, an all-time high, $4.17. That is up 10% in just a week and a dollar forty higher than the average one year ago. We've got complete coverage. We'll start with NBC's Richard Engel, who's in Kiev for us again. Richard, good morning to you. 
Good morning, Savannah. Ukrainians are feeling increasingly confident. I'm right now on the edge of Kiev, and down this road is the suburb of Irpin. Now, Russian forces are in Irpin. They are fighting with Ukrainian troops. The Russians are hoping to take over the neighborhood and use it so that they can enter the capital. But so far, Ukrainian troops are holding them off, preventing this Russian advance from moving even closer into the heart of the city as Ukraine's president is increasingly bold in his defiance. In a new video overnight, President Zelensky almost dares the Russians to come after him, revealing his location in Kiev at the presidential office. I'm here and I'm not afraid, he said. It's not the first time the president, who says he's Russia's number one target, showed his whereabouts. Ukrainian officials claim Russia has tried to assassinate Zelensky using units of Chechens. None of the alleged attempts appears to have gotten close. U.S. military officials continue to be surprised by Zelensky's fighting spirit and Ukrainian resistance. Ukraine still has control of much of the country's airspace. And this, Ukrainians say, is a Russian jet they shot down, one of more than 30. Also surprising, the apparent ineptitude of parts of Russia's offensive. The massive convoy outside of Kiev remains stalled, without gas and armored traffic jam. Russia is increasingly relying, a U.S. military official said, on long-range systems, including artillery, mortars, and missiles, because Russian troops aren't advancing quickly. In Kiev, Russian forces have reached the edge of the city and are trying to break in. So the largest children's hospital took the difficult decision to evacuate patients and their parents. Children unable to walk were lifted onto buses. Valentina said goodbye to her husband, who's remaining to fight. Then the children were loaded onto a train. Blur your eyes, and it almost looks like World War II. But this is what Ukraine has been reduced to now, a train full of sick kids spirited out of the country to escape a Russian assault. Valentina tries to keep her baby Mark calm. How are you feeling right now? Bad, she says. I don't want to leave, but I have to. We have to be patient for our children. I hope this will not last long and we'll be back soon. As the trains set off for the West for safer territory. Here in Kiev, residents of Irpin are fleeing that neighborhood because of intense fighting between Ukrainian troops, Ukrainian volunteers, and Russian soldiers. And there have been two more attempts today to create so-called humanitarian corridors. One, according to Ukrainian officials, has already broken down. They allege that Russia fired on civilians as they were trying to evacuate. Hmm. Hoda. Oh, my gosh, the images are heartbreaking. Richard Engel, Richard, thank you. And we have more now on the dire humanitarian crisis with the number of Ukrainian refugees who fled the country now approaching 2 million. And the European Union's top diplomat expects some 3 million more to join them in the days and weeks ahead. 5 million refugees. NBC's senior national correspondent Tom Yamas is covering that part of the story for us. Again, Tom, good morning. 
Hey Savannah, good morning to you. With so many refugees, shelters are literally popping up everywhere, and this is one of the more surreal ones. This is a popular fitness center in Lviv, but it's now a place that dozens of families are calling home. This is just one section. This is a squash court, Savannah, and people are now living inside of this. And even though this may appear incredibly sad, and it is very sad, when you speak to the refugees in there, they are grateful because of what they just escaped. Ahead of advancing Russian troops, a desperate race to escape. Families fleeing on foot, suitcases and small children in their arms. One child in Medica, Poland, the busiest crossing from Ukraine, breaking down while following his mother on the painful journey. And it is traumatic for so many. 25-year-old Alana Yatushenko says she and her family had to escape at night, driving slowly outside of Kyiv near Russian troops. Her entire family praying silently inside the car. What has been the hardest part so far? The hardest part to understand that we are now safe here and our friends and family are not safe. Refugees from the southern city of Odessa crossing over to Romania by ferry. It's very painful for me because uh, I left almost all of my family there. This hotel ballroom, now a makeshift shelter for more than 2,000 people, each with a unique story of loss. This young woman fearing for her partner, the father of her six-year-old son. We live together six years, and he, he promised me when the war is end, I'm sorry, when the war is end, he married me. And now the U.N. telling NBC News the wave of refugees will be much higher than first expected. Do you think the number will be much higher than 4 million? It now looks like it was a conservative estimation. Now it looks like uh, there are going to be much more people uh, fleeing the war than we first estimated. While those who remain hunkered down in basements like this, helping the most vulnerable as best they can. We are bombed every day, every night, and uh, non-stop. You know, sometimes we have an hour or two of quiet time. Stay in the air. Sorry, it's bombing. As bombs continue to fall, Many this woman with a message for the world. Enjoy what you have. Enjoy peace. It's really valuable. Don't take for granted what you have now because it's so vulnerable. That perspective, Tom. Uh, you know, these shelters, of course, across western Ukraine, they must be filled to the brim. Are they able to keep taking in refugees? What are you hearing from them? Yes, yeah, Savannah, you know, I asked the owners of this fitness center that exact question. They own three gyms in Lviv. All of them have been converted to shelters. You can see behind me, this is a dance studio. It's filled with several families. And when I was speaking to the owner, he's a big guy. He's a former veteran himself. He had tears in his eyes. He said they're going to keep helping refugees as long as they can. He said they're going to do this until the war is over. Savannah. All right. Tom Yamas, thank you again. In a quick programming note, former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Ivanovich, will join us for an exclusive live interview tomorrow on Today. All right. Now to the war's impact on the U.S. economy and your bottom line. As we mentioned, gas prices have now soared to the highest national average in history, $4.17 a gallon. But the pinch for Americans goes beyond the pump. NBC's Sam Brock joins us now with more on this. Hey, Sam, good morning. 
Hoda, good morning. Right now we are following developing news with the Biden administration expected to announce sanctions within the next hour. That announcement would be banning all Russian imports of oil. He was facing heavy pressure from lawmakers to do so. Now, in terms of our energy portfolio here, Russian imports make up less than 10 percent. But still, from Miami to Los Angeles to New York to Chicago, this is going to put even more pressure on gas prices. This morning, gas prices soaring to the highest average ever recorded, $4.17 a gallon. I just filled up right now, and it cost me $50 versus normally it costing me $30. Up 10 cents in just one day and 55 cents since last week, eclipsing the previous record of $4.10 a gallon set 14 years ago. I haven't seen prices to this increased level. Though gas prices were already climbing before the war in Ukraine, they're now spiking because of worries about global oil supplies. Russia, whose economy is heavily dependent on energy exports, accounts for about a tenth of the available oil in the market. That price surge causing worries on Wall Street. The S&P 500 shed 3% Monday, its sharpest daily drop since October 2020. Investors were spooked by possible bans on Russian oil and gas, and today that's about to become a reality. President Biden set to announce that ban this morning. And when stocks drop and gas prices rise, everybody feels the pinch. As the price of oil and gas going up has an inflationary impact unlike anything else in the American economy. Even affecting travel with spring and summer vacations around the corner. Airfares are way up with demand soaring as jet fuel costs continue to rise. And the prices hitting businesses already hurting from record inflation. When you talk about the food truck industry, food and gasoline, is that a double whammy? 100% is. Everything is going crazy high right now. This as the rise in gas could just be getting started. Now, these sanctions are expected to last months, not weeks, with a big question right now. How is the U.S. going to make up for the lost oil? We sent a secret delegation to Venezuela over the weekend, which is already under oil sanctions. Hoda. All right, Sam, thanks. We're going to have more on those record gas prices. And what, if anything, you can do to ease their impact? Vicki Wynn will be along with some tips that may help out. All right, 714, we say good morning to mm -hmm. Chanel. I have mm -hmm. another story. I am. Here. Savannah Hoda, good morning. Lawmakers in Florida are moving forward with what's been nicknamed the Don't Say Gay Bill. If passed, it would prohibit school teachers from discussing sexual orientation with their young students. And opponents fear it could turn back the clock on LGBTQ rights. NBC's Carrie Sanders is in Fort Lauderdale for us this morning. Carrie, good morning. Well, good morning, Chanel. Teachers say the very rare conversations they have with young students about sexual orientation could soon be against the law. As early as today, Florida's majority Republican Senate could vote on the so-called Don't Say Gay bill. From school walkouts, to protests, to rallies. Opponents say if the Don't Say Gay bill becomes law, it will reverse decades of progress. And the message that we are sending out is so hateful and so mean. This is about creating a safe space so children can feel comfortable in their own skin. The bill, entitled Parental Rights in Education, was introduced by Republican State Representative Joe Harding. It says in part, classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three. We're gonna make sure that parents 
are able to send their kid to kindergarten without having some of this stuff injected into their school curriculum. But critics say the law would create problems, even for children who have yet to understand sexual identity. Denise Soufrine, gay and a teacher for 34 years. We do not introduce the topic of sexuality to young children. If a child is going through some questions about their sexuality and they're afraid to talk to their mom or dad, is that where then you can answer questions? I could answer questions for but them. But if this law passes? If this law passes, I would not be able to answer any questions for them. And the problem with that? The child would feel that there is something wrong with them. President Biden tweeting that this is a hateful bill. Florida could be the first to pass a law like this, but eight other states are considering similar laws. Chanel? All right, Carrie, thank you. 16 minutes after the hour, let's mm -hmm. get our first check of the weather. Hi, Al. Yeah, Too early to talk about the weekend? Well, we're getting, <laughs> what is it, Tuesday? We're getting there. But right now, we're looking at all eyes are on the Gulf. We're watching some showers and thunderstorms starting to develop. We're going to be watching this system coming out of the Gulf, sliding into the southeast, bringing heavy rain from Texas all the way to North Carolina for today. As we move into tomorrow, strong storms from the Gulf into the Carolinas. A bit of wet snow possible for parts of the northeast, especially as you get north north of New England, but we are looking at some heavier rain. Some places picking up to three inches of rain. That's good news for in the panhandle where they've got those wildfires going on now, so they could get a little relief from that. To the north, we are looking at light snow. Higher elevations may see a little snow on the grassy surfaces. No big problem. Some places upstate New York could see, and parts of New Jersey could see two to three inches. Out west, however, the Wasatch Mountains, some places picking up to 18 inches of snow or more Rockies up to a foot. And that is your latest weather. Guys. All right. Al. Thanks, Al. Thank you. Still ahead, Sherry Papini, the California mother, now accused of faking her own abduction, will head before a judge today. We'll be live with the latest, including what police and her family are now revealing about that case. <laughs> there are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers. Which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi, it's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
7.30 now. It is Tuesday morning, not just any morning, March 8th, 2022. Wow. International <laughs> Women's Day. Do you think we're ready? Ready. We've got an inspiring morning just ahead on our plaza. A lot of women out there, a lot of great stories to tell. And we're excited about they, that. They packed the joint. Yeah, and they Man. lined up early. I yeah. outside. It was wrapped around the building. Cool. It's going to so. be a good morning. Uh -huh. Let's get to your headlines here at 730. Teachers in the Minneapolis school district say they're planning to go on strike today after failing to reach an agreement on a new contract. It's a move that will idle some 29,000 students in one of Minnesota's largest school districts. Teachers are fighting for smaller class sizes, mental health support, and better pay. Meanwhile, teachers in neighboring St. Paul reached a deal late yesterday to avert their own strike. Even as the number of cases continues to fall, the head of the CDC says the coronavirus is likely here to stay. Dr. Rochelle Walensky says COVID is probably going to become a seasonal virus like the flu that spreads during winter months. CDC officials believe the virus will circulate for years to come. Experts say it's unclear whether people will need additional COVID booster shots over the next year. All right, let's move now to new developments in the bizarre Sherry Papini case. The young California wife and mother accused of faking her own kidnapping back in 2016. Yeah, authorities say not only did she make up that story, she then collected tens of thousands of dollars in donations after her homecoming. NBC national correspondent Miguel Almaguer is in Los Angeles, got the latest on it. Hi, Miguel, good morning. Savannah, good morning. Later today, Sherry Papini will be back in front of a judge for a detention hearing. After her arrest on Thursday, she was denied a request to be released on her own recognizance when prosecutors successfully argued she'd be a flight risk. Now she faces serious time behind bars six years after she mysteriously disappeared, then reappeared. Waking up this morning in a jail cell, Sherry Papini, the young mother and wife who says she was kidnapped and brutally beaten in 2016, is fighting for her freedom. Set to face a judge today, Papini could get up to 25 years in prison for making false statements to a federal law enforcement officer and engaging in mail fraud. Papini's disappearance made headlines six years ago when she vanished near her home in Redding, California. The three-week search came to an end when Papini was found along a highway on Thanksgiving, 146 miles from home, badly bruised and branded. Her husband, after their reunion. The bruises were just intense. But investigators believe the abduction was staged. New court documents say Papini's former boyfriend, who says he thought she was escaping an abusive relationship, admitted he picked her up and housed her as she inflicted bruising and burns on her own body. The criminal complaint says Papini told her ex-lover to go to the Hobby Lobby, buy a wood-burning tool and brand her, which he did. It made me sick that there is people out there that could do something like this. After Papini says her abductor set her free, she described them as two Hispanic females who played mariachi music during the ordeal. On GoFundMe, Papini's family raised over $49,000, collecting another $30,000 from a victim's compensation board. Her family says they're appalled by the ambush arrest in front of her children, adding she's barely eating in jail because of food allergies. This morning, the woman who says she was tortured and imprisoned, spending another day behind bars. All right, Miguel, so she's set to see a judge today, but this is a legal battle that's going to go on. So how might this play out in the end? 
Yeah, how does Sherry Papini's attorneys will fight for her release today? We are still awaiting a grand jury indictment in the case, and the sheriff says the charge yesterday that he wouldn't be surprised if additional people were charged in this case. But guys, if this case does go to trial, we may not have a conclusion for months. Mm. All right, Miguel, uh, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Coming up next, we're mm -hmm. going to talk about the sticker shock fee being felt by a lot of drivers coast to coast already. The average price of gas soaring to an all-time high overnight. You can't afford to miss our report from Vicki Wynn on ways you can save and how to make your gas last longer right after this. Now 739 with In-Depth Today. This morning with gas prices soaring and no end in sight, we're helping you ease your pain at the pump. Yeah, NBC's senior consumer investigative correspondent Vicki Wynn is here with more ways you can save. We'll be taking notes. <laughs> Hi, good morning. We have some really good tips this morning. The skyrocketing gas prices have now hit an all-time high. It has a lot of us pumping the brakes, but if you do have to hit the road, we do have some tips for you to get a lot more mileage out of your gas money. The pain at the pump hitting Americans in the pocketbook. Yeah, it's stressful, you know, it keeps going up. Gas prices reaching a record high, an average of 4.17 a gallon. Some tips to keep your wallet from hitting E, starting with the way you drive. AAA says try to group your trips together, accelerate gradually, avoiding jackrabbit starts, anticipate your stops. When approaching a red light, let your foot off the gas as early as possible. On the interstate, experts recommend reducing your speed. I just drove back from Tampa to Chicago. I went 68 miles an hour. I got 32 miles a gallon. When I bumped it up six miles an hour, it went down to 29 miles a gallon. And try not to leave your car idling. If you're safely parked somewhere for more than 10 seconds, like maybe you're waiting to pick up your kids, consider turning your engine off. Idling can cost you up to half a gallon of gas per hour. And don't forget to clean out your car. Carrying around extra cargo adds weight to your ride and really cuts down on your fuel efficiency. Regular maintenance can also help your dollar go the extra mile. And make sure you keep your tires properly inflated. Low tire pressure can certainly reduce fuel efficiency. Plus, it'll just make your tires wear out quicker. And if your car's check engine light turns on, take it to a repair shop. This could cause you to burn around 25% more fuel than normal. Why is it so important to maintain your car? Cars are basically computers on wheels. Uh, computers control how much fuel you're burning. If things go wrong with those sensors that feed into the computer, the computer kind of goes into a protective mode where it's burning more gasoline to make sure that nothing bad happens. Shift your savings into gear by using free apps like GasBuddy and Waze to help you find the cheapest gas stations. Keep an eye out for the best prices along any of your normal routes. Don't wait until your tank is almost empty and be forced to fill up at the closest station. And avoid getting gas at stations just off a highway exit or in the middle of a major city. Also, consider joining a fuel rewards program offered by many gas station and grocery store chains like Walmart Plus, Safeway, and Kroger, or wholesale clubs like Costco, BJ's, and Sam's Club. And take advantage when stations offer a discount for cash payment. Is there I mean, a best uh, day of the week to fill up? During normal times, earlier in the week tends to be better. Right now, of course, with prices actively going up, it's sooner rather than later is the best time to fill up. Ways to navigate the extra cost until these higher prices are in the rear view.
The average cost of diesel is also on the rise, predicted to reach $5 a gallon in the coming weeks. That means we're probably going to see the price of consumer goods go up as well because all that stuff is transported by truck. By the way, as the warm weather arrives, you want to make sure you use your air conditioning instead of driving with your windows open. That's because air conditioners actually create less drag on the engine. And one more tip for the heat, try to drive during the cooler parts of the day. That cooler, denser air can really boost the power and mileage on your car. Okay, I learned something new today. Because it was always the rule you turned off your AC, AC. Exactly. and rolled down the windows when you had like 10 cents of yes. gas left in yeah. the tank. Apparently physics disagrees with that. Okay, because <laughs> now with the newer cars. Yeah, with the newer cars. This exactly. is like 90s right? <laughs> yeah. All right, Vicki, thank, thank you. All right, what do you say we get a check of the weather? Mr. Roker's got his forecast. Hey, back in the 70s during the oil embargo, uh, yes. you, all you had to do was have a little hose and you'd siphon off gas from other people's cars. Wow. But of course, oh, we're not recommending that. that. No. Not recommending, but I did have a guy. I steal gas from me. <laughs> I am old. Anyway, let's show you what's going on. Woo! We've got these temperatures from yesterday. Big area of high pressure pumping up that warmer air. And so we had record setting temperatures from New York City, Newark, Atlantic City, Baltimore, Sterling, down in Lynchburg, Georgetown, Washington, D.C. Temperatures just way above average. But then that front moved through last night, knocking down trees, causing power outages. And look at today. 26 degrees cooler today from New York City, 48 for a high. Philadelphia dropping 27 degrees, Pittsburgh 21. And then as we get into the weekend, we're going to be looking at temperatures that are a little more moderate, a little more seasonal, but cooler than what we've been seeing. And as we look over the next 6 to 10 days from March 13th through the 17th, going to be cooler from the Great Lakes all the way down to the Gulf Coast, normal in the northeast in the mid-Atlantic states, warmer than average out west from the Rockies all the way into the Southwest. And that is your latest webcast. All right, guys, just ahead, it's International Women's Day. We're ready to honor some very special women. We have a great live event on our plaza. And among them, the new head of UNICEF who's made her way here after traveling to Ukraine. Coming up, your 8 o'clock hour. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.